All right. I'm going to talk and I'm going to move some things around, but I got to tell you, I'm a little conflicted today. It's like my worlds are colliding. Actually, it's fine right there. I am accustomed to speaking to kids, and they're here, and I'm also accustomed to speaking to adults, and now my worlds are literally colliding because it's not the same. It's really not the same. So I'm just moving some props around, and I'm hoping for those that are bigger kids that we can have you identify with being a kid again. So I hope you're wondering what's in the boxes. I hope, because you would not be, you would be less kid-like if you weren't wondering, what's in the box? As soon as I brought it in, Kyla, of course, says, what's in the box? What's in the box? So what we're going to talk about today, because all of you are thinking about it, is gifts. Gifts. I have a slide coming up. Gifts. I assume, and I'm probably pretty good in my assumption, that some of you have put a fair amount of time thinking about gifts, whether you're parent or child. Child, what, what you'd love to get. Parents, like what you think they'd love to get, what you might want. And it's kind of a top-of-mind issue if you're conscious, right? So we had a scripture read. It was from Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And if I had a title for this talk... It is unto us. It is unto That's what struck me when I read these verses in preparation. Unto us, because there is a point and a recipient of the gift. And Jesus, of course, is the gift. And it's unto you, us, which is all of you, myself included. So we're going to talk about gifts because it's top of mind. And, you know, if you're, you know, adults were kids too, right? I hope you don't remember what it was like when you were a kid. And when you're a kid, as all the kids, I'm sure, there is a, you, you could probably write out a list and there's things at the top of the list. Can I tell you what it was like when I was a kid? And this is probably when I was 10, 11 years old. This was like literally at the top of my list. Go ahead, next slide. I see Rick Toring nodding his head. He knows what I'm talking about. This is so unexceptional. This is from circa, as I said, 1977, so I was about 11 years old at the time. This is like my dream. This is what I thought would make me happy. This is what I thought I would derive the most enjoyment from. And for those that are not adults today, what you're looking at is so unexceptional in terms of computing power, graphics. I mean, what was actually appeared on that screen was little lines. That's it. No figures, no nothing. Lines. Yeah, it's, it's pretty weak. And the, the most amazing thing to me was that it was re-released in the year 2000. And so I was just, this is like top of mind. I was like, oh my goodness, I'm thinking I'd love to have one of those. And my parents graciously gave me one. And I was super excited. And of course, I defeated the game in like no time. But because it was just not that impressive. But that's what it's like when you're a kid. There's always something that captures your attention. You think... And adults, too, sadly, because we're just bigger kids with more means to get bigger things. And you still have a list like, oh, if I could just get that thing. So this was, embarrassingly, 40-some years ago. This is where my head was at. And if I were to fast forward today to show you how unimpressive it is, because it's really kind of, actually, kind of embarrassing, actually, to put this up, because you could think, wow, you know, that was really my world. 
And so, you know, fast forward to today, if I were to make a comparison between these two things, that shows you how equally and supremely unimpressive, see, they are saying, how unimpressive I was back in 1977, because today, the equivalent of what would be top of mind is a Nintendo Switch console with all the stuff. And so I've, you know, I'm treating you like kids now, because if I were to say, these are, you now get to choose. Is it choice A or B, which would you choose? I know who's going to choose B because it's all the kids in children's church that know what the answer, the obvious answer is and don't want to say it. And they're typically sitting right in this front row. But I actually heard them say A, so uh, it really must be the top of the list. So it's kind of interesting to me as I look back 40-some years ago what I thought would make me so supremely excited and fulfilling is, wow, unimpressive. It's just unimpressive. So I need a volunteer or two because I, I have something in the box that we need to open a gift because it's all about gifts. So Kyla asked me, well, what's in the box? What's in the box? She can't help herself. She's going to come up here and help me because they're clapping for you. They didn't clap for me. They clapped for you. Okay, you got to come up here, and you just have to open the gift. Okay? I'll, I'll help you. I'll hold the bottom, and you pulled the top off. Well, you don't have to read. Just pull the top off. <laughs> I know. No, just pull, just literally pull the lid. Okay. Whew. My God. I didn't think it was going to be that difficult. You can take it out. Okay. So, thank you. I'll explain what this is. Okay, well, you must be thinking, well, I kind of know what it is. No, you don't know really what it represents. So, we have kids. We have four of them. And for those of you who don't know that have not been paying any attention, and it's red, so it's, I mean, it's Christmas, right? It's an angry bird, right? And this was on the top of one of my kids' lists when they were young. We have video of it that he, when he opened the box, as Kyla inartfully did, I mean, he just squealed with joy. Because for him, it was the top of his list. It was somehow fulfilling to him. And it's pretty hilarious, and the reason why I put it is, like, today, if I were to say, well, this is what you get, he'd be like, uh, okay, um, fine, I mean, I can put it somewhere. But tastes change, don't they? Tastes change. So now I'm left with an angry bird on a stage. What am I supposed to do? Exactly! <laughs> so, you can give it to one of my boys. So, why did I do that? So, the thing about gifts, and the reason why I use a couple illustrations, is that your tastes change. And what you thought was fulfilling, exciting, would fill everything of your need, well, that was true in such a narrow slice of time, and yet, as soon as your taste changes, like, uh, I don't really want that anymore. So what's the point? Gifts go out of style, don't they? Every list that you had 10 years, I mean, two weeks ago, maybe, even a year ago, five, 10, if you're like me, well, the decades really start adding up, and you start really looking at and analyzing yourself like, wow, I really didn't quite have a full picture of what was meaningful. Because what I thought was meaningful 
at the time, in that moment and slice of time, was so incredibly exciting and fulfilling is like, not so much. Not so much. So here's the thing. Here's the point. It's Christmas, isn't it? It's upon us. Jesus is that gift, and he's never gone out of style. Never. And I want you to think about it. So I wrote something about it because we know that Hebrews 13 is the same today, yesterday, today, and forever, right? Jesus has been the desire of men, women, boys, girls, century after century, over thousands of years, spanning every nation and a culture across the whole earth. He is just as relevant today as he was 2,000 years ago. See, I like to think about things. and When you start really understanding yourself, and I gave you somewhat of an embarrassing moment of what I thought was so important to me and so fulfilling and meaningful was incredibly not from 1977. But I want you to think about this. Nations have risen and fallen over the last 2,000 years, yet Jesus, the one who has never changed, is continually sought by people all across the world today. And you have to ask yourself, why? And I leave you with this. This is point number one. Jesus didn't have to change to be relevant today because the most heartfelt need of man hasn't changed. And what is that most heartfelt need there is a God-sized hole in man that only one can fill. And that has been true for the entirety of the span of man. It remained true back then, remained true today, and will forevermore. There is only one who can fill that God-sized hole in you. That's Jesus. That is who came. So we're going to move on because we've got more gifts to open. Okay, got more, oh, Kyla, by the way, that's an HP printer paper box, which, again, who buys paper? <laughs> okay, so I have a second gift here, and I thought, well, I need some help. So Mordecai, Kai, can you come up here and help me? I know him from Children's Church, and to be honest, I'm like, man, I wish I could have hair like that. <laughs> all right, Kai, first of all, I have a question for you. Are you qualified to open this gift? Do you have experience? You want to open it? I love the honesty. I assume you've opened gifts before, so therefore you're experienced, right? Okay, well, can you open this gift for me? You can actually tear it, unlike Kyla. I just wanted to lift the, the lid. Uh, you can fully unwrap it if you'd like. And show it to the people. We actually have it on the screen. Actually, turn around. Okay, I, I wasn't expecting that response. Kai, you can take that if you want. <laughs> so let me tell you, of course, everything has a, a point, right? So, <laughs> so this has been in our basement for like 10 years. 
I don't know what that says about what we thought about the significance of the gift, but it's literally been our basement for 10 years. And we, our kids love Legos, and we bought this set of Legos. Oh, I, I don't know if we was given, I no idea. We can't even remember. I asked Marie. She didn't know. But it was a Lego set. Apparently, it wasn't that meaningful to us because we never actually gave it away until now. So enjoy it, Kai. So sometimes things are like that, right? So here's a couple of other examples of Legos that you might find to be equally unimpressive. So we had the fire engine. Fire engine. Oh, got to have Star Wars, right? Cloud City Star Wars, right? And for all of those who appreciate Legos, love Legos, I mean, this might be a little bit nostalgic to you. I don't know, but... I mean, they kind of look dated, don't they? And that's the funny thing about what I've learned, you know. A lot of things I get involved with, a lot of things I have been involved with, you know what they're called? Vintage. <laughs> I'm like, everything I liked is now vintage. Everything that I was is now vintage. I don't know what that means. Well, I think I know what it means. I just don't like what it means. So these are probably vintage toys. I mean, I gave Kai, in a sense, a vintage toy. So you're looking at this like, okay, Dwayne, what's the point? Well, next slide. Let me tell you what the point is. This is on eBay what you would have had to have paid for these two items if you bought it new in the box. Over $6,000 for both of them. And you're like, well, uh, what was that worth that I gave to Kai? It wasn't $6,000. <laughs> I can tell you that. I can tell you that. I checked. <laughs> I'm not saying it's not worth anything, but it's not 63, 29. I mean, who, who pays that? Why? You know, somebody's like, well, you know, 6,329.7. I mean, you know, if it was 6,329 and 33 cents, I'd buy it, but not 75. I mean, anyway. Yeah, I don't need the commentary. It says what it says. It means what it means. It's a lot of money. And what's the point? Because there is a point, right? There are many gifts that you can come across, maybe even have, the value of which you did not fully appreciate. Just like you, I, you weren't thinking that it was going to be 60 some hundred dollars for something that looked vintage, archaic, not relevant, maybe, and certainly not what you thought you wanted, and yet there was an intrinsic value that was hidden to you. Jesus is kind of like that. Jesus is exactly like that, I would hazard to say. And you would say, well, what's my evidence of that? You know, in Isaiah 9, 6, he refers to him as the Prince of Peace. And that gets a lot of play. Here's some examples of that. There's an ornament. I love Christmas ornaments. My wife and I love Christmas ornaments. Here's an ornament of the, about peace. Go for it, Jonathan. Next slide. Peace on earth. Oh, that sounds pretty good. I mean, that's a cute, interesting ornament to me. Peace on earth. Let's go to the next one. This is an actual ornament that I found on the Internet, so it must be real because it's on the Internet. And I'm pretty sure that what Jesus came and who Jesus was is not reflected by that. In fact, you know, what's funny to me about the phrase peace and earth, and I get it. I'm not being hyper-technical. But if you want to be technical, Jesus said, uh, Matthew 10, 34 says, Do not think I came to bring 
peace on earth. See, here's the thing about peace. People have a lot of ideas of what peace is, what peace they would like, what peace, the benefit of peace. And oftentimes what peace, people think about peace is absence of conflict. And I like that too. But the absence of conflict, if you really want to be honest about why that's value, is because when there is no conflict, I get to execute my agenda. I know you're probably thinking about that. Where there is peace and there's no conflict, now you're free to do what you want. When there isn't, well, you have less freedom to do that. And Jesus does play a significant role in what we would term to be peace on earth. You can remove that slide because I don't even like looking at it. That's a better slide. You see, peace was not intended to enable your agenda. Peace is the agenda. And that's why he came. And it began with resolving this inner conflict. I remember I said that the, the basic hole that only one could feel, it's this God-sized hole only God can fill because he restored proper relationship with the Father so that you could be free to be in that relationship that you were destined to be in. And that is the beginning of peace. That is the beginning, and it's only the beginning. We want peace in homes. I've, I am so convinced that that is what is part and parcel of what we're called as a church to do, is to increase the amount of peace in your homes. Because there's just this desire to have that be on display. Not theory, but on display. And many people are looking for different ways. People, like we've had people come into our house and they felt God's peace and they immediately went back to their house and redecorated it. Because thinking that somehow that was, and believe me, you know, we're, we're not expert decorators. You can even think, for example, that if you remove the clutter in your house, somehow that will facilitate peace. It will help. But that's not going to get you what you ultimately want. Because the clutter that is typically the barrier to peace is not what is in your home, it's what's inside. And Jesus when he is fully appreciated, when his intrinsic value of who he is in you is fully appreciated, that clutter dissipates. You see, the kingdom of God is not about eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's inside. It's inside, the kingdom within you. And the kingdom in you has this amazing ability. You don't even have to work at it. What is in you of the kingdom will impact, transform, change. The atmosphere outside cannot help but be impacted by what you have here inside. So why did I tell you all of that? You have him. The gift that you had when you first believed, you have him. You have the gift, the one that fills that God-sized hole in you, you have it. 
And we, myself included, we often experience different times in our lives where we don't fully appreciate what we have. That the value of what we have somehow is not fully on display and appreciated. No different than seeing a Lego set that you thought was unimpressive and yet having this amazing value that dwarfs any of your imaginations. Jesus is kind of like that. Jesus is that. Everything that you can imagine that you need, he has. Everything that you can imagine will be transformed in your life, he will. That's the latent and inherent value of who he is. That's your gift. And all, Clayton pretty much preached the whole goal. He didn't preach because he said he would, he probably, if he had said something, he wouldn't have preached that. But he basically said everything that I was hoping just to have us entertain this morning is just the presence of God. You carry that gift. And I'm just going to close just by doing this. It is, as it says, Christ in you. And what does that mean? The revelation of Christ in us, of our possession of him, and of his inhabitation in us by his spirit and grace. So if you would, just close your eyes. We're just going to give God an opportunity to just be who he is. And if you would, just as you close your eyes and you just think back to when you first had him come into your life. The day when you received that gift. That day when this glorious God who so willingly gave up his life and is the gift intended and for which was unto us. When he became real to you. Lord Jesus, we honor you right now with an intentional focus as just we bring to mind and recall who you are in us and that it is your very presence in us that has changed us. It is your very presence in us that sustains us. And it is just my prayer this morning. It is a simple prayer. That the reality of who you are in us would be paramount. Would be tangible. Would be noticeable. That regardless of what we experience, see, and even think of what is going to happen in the world around us, it is what we have inside that sustains us. So we honor you, Lord Jesus, for who you are and the gift we have, which is you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you.